Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Deborah for Copy Love, Love is Here Ministry. And this is the introduction to the webcams, to all the videos. And I wanted to introduce you to me before you got started. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what the webcam series are going to be about. I wanted to let you know that the first series uh, is going to be a rediscovery series. And as we travel through and we learn and grow, there'll be more and more series of rediscovery. I want to let you know that I'm in a pattern. I have been highly trained and educated, and I am coming to you as a partner and ally of the most highest and mightiest general there ever is, Agape Love. I like to use the analogy that in World War II, in order to set millions and millions and millions of people free, an entire continent of nations and resources, and the next generations and the next generations, it took allies and partners from many, many nations highly trained in many different areas, all coming together for one purpose, to set people free. Free people cannot stand the thought of other human humans and humanity being in bondage and slavery and can't get free. So I serve under a general, Agape Love, Love is Here. Agape Love is the most powerful general there ever is. It will take you beyond all borders, through every nation. It doesn't need any papers. It travels in a world that most people don't understand nor see. I am sort of a resistance fighter, an underground fighter. But I'm also out in the open, a teacher. And these videos on webcam are going to be teaching lessons. There will be many different series that will come along to help you and I hope that you enjoy them and that you get to know me and you get to know yourself and you get to know others so enjoy the webcam videos some of them have different lengths but their main goal of each one is to bring hope and encouragement to you the person that you have not yet met the person that has been hidden from most of yourself, but not from others, and to help you discover that there is more to you than you know. And because I am a trained fighter, and I work very closely with Agape Love, we're going to be doing some, setting some things free. If you've ever watched any of the World War II stories and how Europe was invaded, some of the countries invited the people in. Some people welcomed. Other people did not have a choice. And yet they all ended up in the same place, bondage, to something that was more powerful, more vicious, and tormenting, and vexing. So here we are. Since humanity began, we have had problems in our hearts, in our minds, feelings, and our emotions. And boy, we have tried to figure it out. 
And there's a good article, uh, a video that you can watch called Equal Partners. Because a lot of us don't understand what is going on with us. Why do all the problems that we all want to solve and live in peace and harmony and have a wonderful life, why can we not solve them? There are so many smart and intelligent people all over the world in every nation going to school, learning, trying everything they know how to help humanity. Their hearts are so wonderful that they love and they don't like to see anybody hurting and vexed and tormented and they're trying with every ounce of knowledge they have to figure it out. And there's resistance fighters such as me that we know you have to have something stronger than what we know. Throughout history most of humanity believed in a connection to a higher power and that higher power was a loving higher power and it wanted to help us and it wanted to touch us and caress us and be a part of our lives. Well, somehow things got messed up. And we no longer really invite a higher power into our lives to help us. And we have turned mainly to other ways, which is working some. We are getting some results. But this enemy that's unseen that continues through thousands and thousands of generations. Doesn't seem to end. The war is never solved. There's little breaks every now and then, but it goes on. Everybody's asking the question, how do I stop it? How do we end this unseen war that attacks us, that attacks our children and our loved ones? How can we find peace? How can we get along with each other? And yet there's no answers. Humanity seems to be trapped in bondage and slavery to unseen enemies that it cannot see or hear, doesn't believe in. So it has no answers. And we all put along trying to figure it out. We're trying so hard. Every nation is trying. Every educated person, every mama, every father, everybody. We even got dogs and animals trying to help us and love us and support us. All of our spiritual leaders are trying to help us. We're all trying to be free and we're trying to get somewhere, but we don't know where and we don't know how to get there. So I'm here through these videos to help you. I am a special person. As I said, I'm a resistance fighter. I go undercover. I travel in that unseen world, unseen realm. I also travel in the natural realm. And I live in a home. And I do a lot of other things. But I am a soldier in a war as an ally, desiring that many others come along with a God to help set people free in every nation from an unseen invader that has set up, entrenched itself, embedded, entombed itself in our lives, whether it's in our spirit, our soul, or our physical body. And it rules us and reigns us and torments us into deep slavery and bondage. And we don't know how to get free. So hopefully 
these webcams will begin to give you hope that there is freedom and to rediscover ways that have been long forgotten so that we can come together as allies and partners in a world war that crosses every nation, every boundary, and we can defeat this enemy that has tormented humanity since its beginning. And we will learn how to fight back, how to resist. We'll know it when it shows up, and we know what its goals are. So enjoy all the webcams. I hope to get better at this. This is kind of new to me. I'll still keep making the videos, and if you want to email me or contact me, you are welcome to. My email address is Pastor Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, at agapeloveishere.org. You may link to me on LinkedIn at Pastor Deborah, Love is Here. There are some videos on there. Also, you may, I'm on Twitter under Pastor Deborah, Love is Here. I also have a YouTube channel called Hidden Kingdoms. There's a lot of videos there. I'm all also on four different podcast platforms. I think it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Intune. So if you have an Alexa or something, you can ask for Pastor Deborah. There are some uh, audios you can listen to. And also I have the website, www.agapeloveishere.org. I'm already currently in partnership with people in Nepal and Kenya, Philippines, and here in America. And if you wish to call me on the phone, text me. Now, I do not have a smartphone, so I'm not up there yet. Uh, at 1-850-501-5040. That is Central Time in the United States of America, Pensacola, Florida, which happens to be about three hours east of New Orleans beautiful beaches kind of hot right now but been here a long time and I am learning how to do this webcam stuff so hopefully I'll get better and I will be able to teach better for you so enjoy each video and please feel free to email me with questions I'll get back to you we got a war to win and people to set free. You are invited to become an ally, a highly trained soldier, and a partner with the mightiest general there ever is, Agape Love, and help set people free. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. Hello again. This is Pastor Deborah. This is another episode. In fact, it's episode number three. We are moving along of the podcast of the mental health and the forever person. As you know, I also have another podcast on Agape Love. Love is here. But this one, this podcast is going to deal more with our mental health and how that intersects, and how that relates to our forever person. So, let's get started for today. Is everybody here in the garden that's supposed to be here today? Does everybody have their pencils out? 
Are all the creatures here? Everybody's here? Oh, there are some of my wonderful psychiatrists, my mental health counselors and social workers. Oh, I see my kings and my crown princesses. They're coming in. They're very busy people. So we're going to talk about today the mental health and the forever person. Last time in episode two, we were talking about part one of our new map. Because we were learning that one plus one plus one equals one. Very strange math. It doesn't make any sense in the natural. Where there are three ones, three different things, and they all equal one. But in the realm of the spirit, where I teach in, and where we're all here in the garden, it is not a new math. It is an ancient, old math. And we are just now starting to learn about it in its entirety and how it fits in with the physical body, the soul, and itself, the forever person. In episode two, I spent some time on the number one part of us, the physical body, and how the psychiatrist loved that body. They study it, they care for it, they desire it to be healthy. And they're trying to understand what is going on in mental health from a very biological, genetic, chemical, electrical way. They know something's wrong in the biological brain. And they have been trying forever, and that'll be some other episodes, about the history and why there is such a stigma of mental health. But right now, we're just going to talk about a little bit more. We're going to the second one. Some people call it the soul. And it has two parts, according to Freud. It has two consciousness, two awarenesses. One, at a higher level, where we all are. We have an awareness, a consciousness of where we are in, what our surroundings are. Our five senses that we have, our eyes for sight, our ears for hearing, our hands and our physical body for touch, our tongue for taste, and our nose for smelling. Those five biological senses are connected to the one, the biological brain. Through the senses, they become the brain's biological teachers and tutors. They tell the brain, they bring in sensory information, bring in pictures, bring in sounds, bring in touch, good or bad, bring in words, hearing, music, pictures through the eye, bring in stuff through the nose, scent, good scent, bad scent. It brings in taste through the tongue, and all of that teaches and trains the biological brain 
It develops neurological pathways. It increases the size of the brain. So these five senses are so important to the whole development of the physical body and the second part, the soul. Now, as we know, Sigmund Freud, he was seen to be one of the more famous people who spoke about it. It was studied in schools for many, a hundred years or more, but he wasn't the first. But Freud did tell us not only was there this conscious awareness through our senses of where we are, who we think we are, what we learn, uh, safety, uh, where we feel at peace, where we feel loved. But he knew there was something deeper inside of us. He called it the subconscious awareness. Something was below, beneath, hiding, hidden, below our conscious awareness. He called it sub, which means below. He was dealing with a lot of ick back in his days, and he couldn't figure it out. And medicine and psychology and stuff, it was so new to science, even though it had been around for thousands and thousands of years, but was understood from a different perspective, which when I do a historical view of this, you will see more spirituality, more priests, more pastors, more shamans, how they were considered the psychiatrists and the healers of the day based on their beliefs of what was causing these mental health problems. But Freud said in this part of us called the soul, other people call it the natural man. The reason they call it the natural man, right, right okay, is because of the what? The five senses, that's right. That is absolutely right. This part of us, our consciousness, learns, is taught, is almost a slave and captive to the five senses. If the five senses are not working correctly, which I told you in the last episode, Helen Keller and Neo from the Matrix Trilogy, if our biological senses are not working in optimal condition, have a problem, then our biological brain and all of its systems will not receive the proper information to help it develop and grow, make decisions. So the soul part, the subconscious, is basically a slave. He's raised in sort of darkness. He has no connection to a higher spiritual power because that power doesn't live in that natural world of the five senses. So the hidden man of the heart. Some people call him our inner child. Some people call him uh, the hidden man. Some people just call it the subconscious. He is here in the soul. Now, that guy that's hidden below the consciousness, 
is also receiving from the conscious level all the signals from the five senses. They are coming in, filtering down to that person down there. And that is all that part of us knows about, is what is filtered through the consciousness. Now sometimes, a lot of people don't understand, when our conscious awareness is sort of resting, like when we go to sleep, there is no barrier, no veil, nor door closed between the subconscious mind, person, and the spirit realm. There seems to be a big blur there. And a lot of people don't really study dreams a lot and how to analyze and do an analysis on them and what they mean. Dreams have been a part of humanity since before there were books. Things were talking to us in our dreams. We were having dreams. We had people who could interpret the dreams. They were having, you call them premonitions. They could see things into the future. Some people went into dream states, uh, seeking knowledge and information. A uh, lot of your high kings that were of ancient civilizations would go to a priest who moved in that realm would tell him his dream, and the priest would interpret it so the king would know what to do. So it's nothing new to have dream interpretation, nothing new about dreams and visions of the night. A lot of stuff happens in that realm. When your conscious awareness, that top part, is not there, it's sleeping. So, in the soul, you have dreams too? Well, sure you do. Dreams are visions, they're communications, they're pictures, they're songs, everybody dreams. Yes, even the living creatures dream. Flowers, oh yeah, they dream too. They might be about flowers or beauty, but they dream. It's nothing new because everything that's in a different realm than where the soul is. Oh, I'm glad you're happy. Yeah, you have dreams too. All right, so the hidden man the soul, the deep part of us. Some people, like I said, in mental health, call it the inner child. A lot of times, uh, it's just the hidden person. But what happens when they talk to us, like if you're a survivor of child abuse, that part of you that was, comes up through the consciousness and speaks out, and you're talking to me, and you're telling me, how this little guy or this little one or this person is still stuck in that dealing with those issues that happened to it when it was a biological child. And a lot of people in therapy, in mental health work, believe that this subconscious, this hidden child, this inner person, this natural person, stopped growing and stayed a child at the time of the trauma. Now other people also believe that this person here, try to do it this way, see better, gets fragmented. In order to deal with what's happening in the conscious level coming in from the biological body. But this part down here, this hidden man, this inner self, fragments itself, disassociates itself 
from what's happening consciously. And it just automatically, in mental health, they know that happens. They call it a defense mechanism to protect itself from the horrible feelings and situation that's going on consciously and physically to its body that's coming in through the five senses. Now, this guy doesn't know how he does it. That's another teaching. It's called the gift of pink, which means imagination is stolen. And it deals with words and thoughts and things like that from a spiritual realm. So this guy here can be whole. He can be fragmented. He can have many others of himself in there that come out so often through the consciousness. I have worked with people from multiple generational Satanism. People have been severely abused from the time they're in the womb in satanic rituals and meetings, not very pretty. And Satan discovered, if you believe in Satan, that the hidden man down here, with the help of his spirit, which has a lot of authority and power, because there's a law in the spirit, as you think, so you are. So Satan discovered that this hidden man here in the soul could think something, could escape, could create, could disassociate himself, fragment himself into many, many parts. And each part would have no knowledge of what the other part was doing. And this is used, and this happens all the time. Now, a lot of your mental health counselors at, will say, the master's level do not get that teaching in it. A Ph.D. and a psychiatrist does. But a lot of them don't even see it. A lot of they don't recognize it. One of the great, great movies that came about that shows how this worked, that really shocked the bejesus, out of trained psychiatrists who had only read about sort of disassociation, multiple personalities in books, but had never seen it, was The Three Faces of Eve. True story. This lady, who later also had more trauma to her life, walks into a psychiatrist's office because she had been acting weird, and she didn't know why, and her husband brought her in. And when the psychiatrist saw this change, the hidden man, it was almost like, um, as we see in the whack-a-moles, they're little games you play, and uh, these, but a little thing pops up and you hit it, and another thing pops up somewhere. It was as if one person came in, which it did. I think it was Jane White. And when under stress, would sort of have a headache, bow their head, close their eyes, and another one would come up to the conscious effort and would talk through the consciousness to the psychiatrist. Excellent. Now, the one that came up, which was Jane Black, knew all about Jane White, but Jane White knew nothing about, oh, excuse me, Eve White knew nothing about Eve Black. And those two had been living together since she was about two or three because of a trauma where the little child was playing under a house and she, their custom was to go when your grandmother relative died, you go kiss the dead body. And the little child was just freaking out. It shows you in the movie. And at the time that the trauma was so bad, she had to become the, what was happening consciously. 
her hidden man had to become somebody else, tough, that could do the kissing, and the sweetened part of her had to sort of slip back, give way so the tougher part could handle it. Now, this is all known at the higher psychiatric levels. They don't see much of it because they really don't believe in it. And some of your psychologists are trained. And there are protocols in both of those areas to work in with those people. And But your, your regular master's level person, your sexual assault person, your human trafficking, your sexual assault, your law enforcement, they're not trained in this. Another great... I'll, I'll give you two uh, that are pretty recent. Uh, we'll use O.J. Simpson. Uh, everybody's heard about him and, you know, the death of his wife and somebody else. Now, he claims he did not do it. He said Charlie did it. Now, nobody's listening to that. Now, remember, O.J. played sports, had a lot of head injuries. Don't know much about uh, O.J.'s life as a child. But that's what he said. Charlie did it. Now, there's another football player. Uh, he quit playing football. Texas don't remember his name. But after he got off the field and retired, he discovered he had this disassociation of identity. He had one part of him that played football. He had another part. And he actually had to go get some therapy and work with his pastor because he didn't even know this existed. Because he would be like one person on the football field yeah, he, he was a, um, a dark skin. We'll call him a black African-American. Can't remember his name. But he's out there, and he discovers this. Then no had it. Okay. So we got OJ, a football player. Got another football player. Now we're going to go into the music world, R.A. Kelly. And he's in the news now here in America. And he is a great, has a great, wonderful voice. He's loved in that black community. He's loved beautiful sounding uh, songs and gospel. Loved by everybody. Very talented. But he sort of goes by different names. There's a Robert Kelly and R.J. Kelly. So one of them, he's being charged. His physical body is there. And he's saying, I didn't do it. Because the one they are arresting, R.J., didn't do it. Robert or somebody else, because you don't know what his childhood was like. If you look at uh, these people's lives, we'll use R. R. Mr. Kelly. And he gets a lot of women, sort of a harem. And he tries to hang on to them. And they have to call him Daddy. If you take that and you take that back through mental health and substance abuse and child abuse and stuff, that part of him, that deeply hidden child, is trying to have a family, be loved, doesn't want to lose it because it probably was taken away a long time ago, didn't have a daddy, and wants to be a daddy. A lot of stuff going on down here. So when this guy ascends on up consciously, trying to meet his needs or her needs come up through the consciousness and when then we see out here in the natural what the courts see so this guy this one the soul the natural man 
He is 100% created by, uh, tutored by, and in, and in slavery to the one, his biological senses, and everything that happened to him. Now, another one I'll tell you about, great, great movie. A lot of you have seen it. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with Spencer Tracy. In that, we had a wonderful, brilliant uh, doctor. They were trying to figure out at that time in England what was going on on the streets. It seemed to be bad things happening. Well, this Dr. Jekyll believed that people could become a different person a more evil person that would do bad things to people who were innocent. So he proceeded to take some medicine. I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched the movie. But he showed the two sides, good and evil. And how one could come up and take over his body and his thoughts and everything, but he's still in the biological body. He'd go out and do bad things. And then after a certain time, that sort of subsided back down. And his other character, his other self, came up. So Dr. Jekyll and uh, Mr. Hyde, I think it is, Spencer Tracy, I think it's black and white, goes through these possibilities. And I just did some studying this morning. Uh, they made a great uh, series on television called The Alienist. It was a um, crime thing back in uh, back in the 1800s or 1900s. What they believed about people who did bad things was that they were alien. These behaviors were alien. They were foreign to most of society and even foreign to its own nature. It went against because what it did to children in the, the series, it wasn't pretty. And this one guy, he was trying to find out what would cause somebody to treat little children and do this to them. Why were they acting against their nature that everybody believed to be sort of like everybody else, normal and loving? What was going on? Excellent uh, show. It had, um, I don't even remember what it was on. I watched it on TV called the alienist and what happened was even back then the stigma of mental health if you had it started happening it reflected on the family society a shame and a dishonor if somebody was alien acting weird strange doing bad things and the family the nation the country the culture did not want it exposed because they were afraid that they may be looked at for their practices, their culture, their beliefs. And that would bring great dishonor to the parenting, to the society, to the church, to the faith, to anything. So these people became alien, and a stigma got attached to someone having a mental health problem. And we still deal with it today. And there's a big stigma 
Because what happens back when this first started, people believe that you had these problems because you got into some kind of moral failure. You are not living up to the faith of your church or whatever belief it was. You are not a law-abiding citizen. And you were bringing, people were staring at your nation, your family, your culture, your parenting, and the people that they were afraid that maybe we would discover poor parenting. It going on at home that nobody wanted to be seen. Or maybe their laws of their country, how they treated their fellow citizens, or the philosophy of the church or the faith that was running the nation or the kingdom. People didn't want anybody to look at that to see if that was a part of the conditioning, the training of the soul. So what they did was to deflect away from all of that, they just put a stigma, which is based on fear of exposure, that I might be the cause, something I did as a parent, a grandparent, my culture, my faith, my laws, my what I think is okay, might be the cause of somebody having a mental health problem. Well, I like to have hurt people. I don't want anybody to tell me that that's wrong, immoral, sinful against God, whatever God that is, against the rules. I don't want that to be spotlighted. I want to do it. Because that's going to be another teaching, uh, the next episode, about the care, more into the characteristics of this hidden man. But that hidden man, to protect himself, because you're going to learn the characteristics of that hidden man, the selfishness, protect yourself at all costs. You are going to blame and deflect anything, any cause that would look at you as being the root foundation for the mental health problem. People did not want to believe that their customs in society caused a child to turn to drugs or alcohol, or the culture of opium caused people to become drug addicts, or the, I like small children. I'm just loving them. What's wrong with that? They need love. And I don't want to be told that that's wrong because I love in a certain way, very sexually. What's wrong with child pornography? I'm just looking. What's wrong with getting married to a 10 or 11 year old girl? She's getting ready to start a period. I need children. Our culture says you can only have one child, and that child had better be a male, and if not, we're going to kill the females, because only the men are considered valuable. But nobody wants us to look at that as the cause of a mental health problem. Because then we're getting deep into stuff. People don't want that, so they'll blame, they'll deflect, They'll put the problem easy on drugs. They'll put the problem on, we don't know. I'm not to genes, okay, genes. Now people don't even want, well, that would, yeah, but you, you don't purposely 
pass your genes on. Well, you can. But if you, if you claim it's your genes, then nobody's at fault. Nobody gets in any trouble. I can't help it. It's my genes, my nature. And so people are trying to avoid being blamed for somebody else's mental health. Parents don't want to look at their parenting. Businesses don't want to look at their practices. Don't want to look. Don't want anybody to tell us what to do. So this part of us, the one, the soul, has that conscious awareness that is being fed, tutored, taught through the senses, the five senses. They are the teachers. They're the classroom. And what information is sent in gets filtered down to the hidden man, the inner child. Good or bad, it comes in. And when we are born, this inner child, who is at that, even at that time, sort of in darkness, a doorway closed to the higher power, it's not really opened yet. It, a higher power that overpowers this hidden person can talk to him, but in what we're discovering in your dreams, that doorway is opened and there is more uh, communication and interaction. But normally, in our conscious days, our five senses are feeding in information, pictures, sounds, into the biological brain. And then from there to this hidden man, he is forming his ideas, his feelings, his concepts. He's learning ideas and words and sounds. He's experiencing things from the outside. And it is shaping and forming him. And usually what happens, it all happens in our early childhood because our senses are not a filter at all. We don't know how to turn away. And our hidden man is a very young person, young in life, a sort of, of a hidden person. And it's easily overwhelmed. And there's nobody it can talk to other than the senses and the people around it to explain what's going on. A lot of kids run into this when they tell their parents, there are monsters under my bed, or there's my dolls are talking to me. Or there is monsters hiding in the closet. The hidden man, the little child, is trying to tell the parents, there's something not natural in this room. And that is the spirit part telling the little hidden man. The hidden man tells his consciousness, tells his parents, and the parents just laugh it off. Ignorance. So today's lesson it's more about another little step yeah, to the uh, soul. Very important part. All your mental health, your insurance companies, your therapists, your caseworkers, your, all of your people are trying to help this guy. Now, if you get into hypnosis, what it does is it bypasses this consciousness and gets down to the hidden man. He's trying to work with the hidden man down here trying to reach it, talk to it, help it, help it to under uh, explain things, talk to it. Sometimes when you get around uh, people with disassociative identity disorder, their consciousness is so used to switching, as they call it, that the hidden, different hidden men, 
persons are coming up at all the time. I had this one lady, well, actually I had two of them living with me for about six months to a year. Both of them grew up in satanic ritual abuse. Uh, this was my very early years of learning about a lot of things thrown right into the fire. Both lived with us. They both worked. So this one girl, she would go to work and she'd have a personality come up that worked. She had a personality, an identity, that drove the car. She had another personality that wanted to go play pool, do drugs, have sex. She had another one that would come home and be very tired, suck her thumb, just want to cuddle with a little cow. She had one that could play music. She had one that drew. She was with a psychologist three times a week. She was on antidepressant medication, anxiety medication. And she was being, quote, deprogrammed from that life. Her whole family was in it. And we had some horrendous stuff happen. And I had to work very closely with the psychologist and kind of put him in his place. Sorry, guys. Because he was trying to deal with some spiritual things because religion, faith-based cultures, I don't care what one it is, can be Islam, Buddha, Hinduism, Scientology, which is an actual religion, Christianity, Judaism, they are all religious spiritual cultures with laws and rules and everything. So this young girl grew up in Satanism. Her family served, worshipped, went to church every week. Had a lot of stuff. Now it's a nasty place. Okay. You learn a lot of a sort of a lesser level of it when you study Scientology or you study some of the Islamic is, um, Taliban and you study some of the Boko Rahan, how they do a lot of abuse to the women or the children to get them to do become suicide bombers all in the name of faith. So I've had to work with that. Now a psychologist that was working with this young girl I had to ask him some questions. He wanted to tell me what to do with her in my house. She was capable of shooting off my family, burning my house down, stealing everything I had. And so I had to write him a letter and I had to say, are you going to be legally responsible for her actions in my house? If she burns my house down, are you going to pay for it to be? She's your client. She's under your care medically. You have got her in counseling. The insurance company's paying for her. Now, if she kills me or my son or my husband, are you going to go to jail? She's sick. You got her documented with the end. She is sick. Are you, Mr. Psychologist, going to be held legally responsible for her actions in my home? And of course he wasn't. And I said, then you have no right to tell me what to do with her in my home. And what I was dealing with was a religion, spiritual faith, a family, a culture. Of course, there were demonic spirits involved. She was raised. She had DID, dissociative identity disorder caused by their faith and belief and their rituals 
of purpose childhood abuse to create the DI, the dissociative identity, different parts, because that's a protection system for that faith. So no part of the hidden person knows exactly what's going on. So this psychologist, I had to put him in his place. I still got the letter. Now he got in trouble later on because he went and had sex with her and he had a baby. He was already married. So I'm dealing with people that don't even know. They're not even serving health and wellness. And I had to tell him, I deal with spiritual things. Her issues, her depression, her anxiety, her disassociative identity was the, came about from the cause of serving worshiping, living in a culture and a family that was in a religion that is sanctioned by the United States government, Satanism. It is a religion. You are free to worship Satan if you want to. You're free to worship anybody you want to. Ron L. Hubbard, Scientology. But when that causes abuse, the religion, you're stepping into spiritual areas you're stepping into higher power areas. You're stepping into demonic areas, evil areas. That is beyond the basic five senses. Now they use the five senses to do a lot of the abuse to the hidden man. To cause the hidden man to create these identities. And then you got to throw in another level of spiritual stuff on top of that. So this psychologist, there's a protocol to working with people with dissociative identity disorder, and I told him to stay in it. He can deal with the mental health stuff. But because I walk in a mental health world, was licensed, a clinically, nationally certified counselor. I could walk in that area also. I knew the language. I knew the protocols. I knew it. But now as a pastor, I'm looking at it from that viewpoint also. So I had these two viewpoints that I could look at things. And I had to put this guy in his place. Because he was going to try to start doing spiritual things that he was not qualified to do. And I told him, I don't think the insurance company is going to pay for you to do a spiritual exorcism with her. You're not trained. That's not your license. That is not what you do. You deal with the biological and you deal with the soul. But if that soul gets into spiritual issues, that's where I come in. So that's how my walk with the mental health and the forever person got started. I got thrown right into the big deep stuff. Been in it for 30 something years. And I've had to study and read and go over all this again and again. Because they are combined, they are integrated. But right now, today, in this episode, we are just discussing the soul, where you have the conscious awareness, and you have this other part that gets disassociated, that's hidden away. A lot of people aren't listening to the, when somebody does a bad deed, and they said, I didn't do it. The one part that got created it did not do that. And that's the one that comes up through the conscious awareness and goes, I didn't do it. Then he'll go back down. Okay. And we're not listening to these people. We're not looking back. This knowledge is not new. 
You go back and watch the Three Faces of Eve. They already had books about this. You go back into ancient civilization, you'll look at trances. People in voodoo going into trances. You'll look at people having contact with other worlds. It's not anything new. But the soul part is a very important connection between the physical body. So this is where mental health and your therapist, most of your books, your understanding is right there. But I'm on a lot of coalitions, sexual assault advocate, human trafficking, suicide. They stay here. And they don't stay down here with this part. They ain't got no training in it. And the, there's a pecking order out there in mental health. Psychiatrist at the top. Then they should be. You guys went to more school than anybody. You love, you know, the body inside and out. You know, the brain inside, you know, all the, you should be at the top. Every pastor should be working with a psychiatrist, be in partnership with him. That is a very important part of this system. And the mental health people, the PhD psychologists, some of them just do testing. I did that too. I did neural testing on brain injury patients. They do school testing, ADD testing. They do personality testing, back depression. They do the multiple person. They do social security testing. Do a lot of testing. That's real important. Some of them go and do therapy. That's real important. Some of them study organizational behavior, jury trials. They go off in all different directions. A few get uh, this heavy-duty uh, disassociative identity, not many, because they don't really believe that it really exists. They don't want to. And you have your mental health counselors, social workers, marriage and family counselors down here. And they ain't getting any of it. And they're in this low place of pecking order. And they can't talk about spiritual. And they're not up here, and they're not up here, and they have no partnerships. If they do, they're put down here. I have to be able to sit and talk to a psychiatrist equal to equal. And I have to know the body, not quite as well as he does, but I have to know the body. And he has to respect me for what I do, and I have to respect him. And we have to be seen as equals and partners, loving the same person, working different areas, valuing each part. But in the pecking order, which I used to be in, couldn't understand it, didn't fit. So I left it, came over here to pastoral work, put myself in a hospital training, spent the night in the hospital, up at 5 o'clock in the morning praying with people for surgery, making the rounds and all the things, dealing with the people dying in the middle of the night, having to tell the family we need, would love to take their tissue and their eyeballs for organ donors, having to sit with the families and the doctors as they tell the person they're dead. In the emergency room, standing right next to the bed while they're trying to save a life. Dealing with the, the fast pack. I got training in that. I went to the jails. Because that's a whole nother area. Boy, you talking about the physical body and the soul. That's all that is. And it's also very spiritual in there. Well, I went and volunteered in the jail. How about nursing homes? Where a lot of depression. Anybody done that? How about going to your uh, local uh, mental health institution, your hospitals? Well, I did that too. 
And I worked in a rehabilitation hospital. Somebody's had a stroke, spinal cord injury, a head injury. They got to have some arthritis stuff, speech therapy. I was part of a team. Did hospice, you got to learn how to help people die. Because that body's going to die. Got to understand death and grieving. Said, I'm a lot of grieving. Grief support. I've had people call me up on the telephone with a gun in their car and a bottle of whiskey. And they want to die and they're asking me to help them not to do it. I have backed down people who are suicidal because I have to deal with some spiritual things. My voice has to be calming even though it doesn't sound that way. I got to understand what in the world is going on. I got to understand the LGBT community from both the biological gender side, the soul side, and the spiritual side. So you can't get up and help people unless you're highly educated. You've had lots and lots and lots of experience with all kinds of people. And if you just stay, now the psychiatrist, maybe we just want him staying right there with the physical body because, boy, that's enough in itself. There are some really psychiatrists from some other faiths that they know that without the spiritual component, this guy over here, and a connection to that higher power, whatever, this whole system suffers. Because this guy right here, the hidden man, he is in no contact with the loving higher powers. He might be in contact with a higher power, but it ain't the loving one. This one. All your faiths are trying to help this guy get control of his life. Now, the next episode is going to go more into this guy. And you're going to talk more about his character. And you will see it when I talk about it. You'll see it all over the world. This one. The hidden man that comes up through the consciousness. Now what do you do with if somebody comes to you and says, I had some strange dreams. I felt like I was being raped, attacked, taken out of my body. Woke up in the middle of the night screaming. I feel like I was beaten, attacked, dragged out. I had witches tell me when they were little kids their uncle would come through their window and take them out of their body and go to a witches meeting. What do you do with that? Is that real? Is that a part of this guy, the hidden man? Is that the hidden man? What's going on with the consciousness? And your pastors can't talk about it because they really don't believe in it. Your mental health people, they're not trained in it and don't believe in it either. So these poor people have these experiences and get no answers. So I'd have mental health problems too. The system isn't listening. The people aren't cross-trained. They're stuck in their little silos. Nobody respects everybody. Nobody partners with anybody. I can walk into any mental health hospital and I feel just as equal as professionally trained, respected as the psychiatrist. Because I work with them. I love them dearly. They are valuable, loving people. They care so much. They spend a lot of time and money going to school to study the biological body. They have to learn every bone. They better spend eight years 
in medical school like everybody else. Then they got to go three more years beyond that to study psychiatry. Then they have to do an internship. And they get around some nasty people. And they have to go to, it ain't pretty. Because they love people. They're trying to find out what's wrong. They're trying to find the solutions, the answer. Some of them, then they got to work with the drug companies to figure out how can we solve this chemical problem. They are loving, loving people. I love them so much. They are some of the most highly educated and trained people because they love people trying to solve problems. They spend most of their life in school. You don't even know it, but when you, and it seems strange, you go to their office and within nanoseconds, they diagnose you and put you on why? Because they have spent the last 20 something years studying. It don't take you long when you know your stuff. Then he passes them on to a mental health counselor and boy, they ain't very well trained. And a lot of them have their own issues. So we love the psychiatrists. We love the mental health counselors. I wish they had more training. I wish the pastors knew what the mental health counselors knew. I wish the mental health counselors crossed over and did spiritual training. And we could all be saying the same message wherever these people go. And we could help them. But right now, this episode, I think it's episode two. Yeah, okay, thank you. It's dealing with this one, the soul. I have another one I'm going to get ready. I don't know if I can do it today, but I'll try. And it's about the characteristics of this game. It ain't pretty. So enjoy. I'll get this up as quick as I can. I'll also put it on the podcast. And I'll shoot it over to my lovely psychiatrist in Jordan. And hopefully he'll put it up on his Facebook or website. Because people need to have information. We need to come together. We need to sit and talk and explore and look at this thing called a human in all of its parts, good and bad, and try to help humanity. Mental health has no borders and no boundaries, needs no papers. It's in every culture. It's in every family. It's in the children, the teens, the women. It's in the dogs. It's in the cats. It's in the animals. We just saw it sitting. It's having a venting storm with Hurricane Dorian. Yes, nature has issues. And it vents. And it tries to release some of its hot anger and heat. That's what hurricanes do. Distribute it around. Everything has a mental, optimal mental health thing. Where are you? Where do you fit? Are you on the helping side? Are you educating? Just this morning, I was reading a book about the hidden man, learning, reviewing. My books, I have read, they are so underlined, they're falling apart. I'll read them over and over and over. I'll get on the internet, on the YouTube, watch the movies, watch other movies over and over and over. And each time I learn something new. I volunteer, I get out in the community. I learn, I love to sit. I'm going to a conference next week. 
on human trafficking and law enforcement, how to do better interviews and forensics. And you had to be approved to go there because your background had to be checked. Your level of human trafficking, who, you, how many you work with. Are you just in prevention and awareness? Or are you one that can be trusted with that person to sit down and bring a solution? Now, I can do the prevention and awareness. That is no problem. But some of us have been trained to deal with that person and even the traffickers. You could send me into a prison and jail and I can do some work with the traffickers because I understand them. I understand the part of business and money. That's all another teaching. And why human beings would do such horrible things to other human beings. Mental health trying to figure it out. Can't figure out why people want to look at little children doing horrible things to each other or hurt them. Why they'd want to hurt women. Why they'd want to hurt the animals, cut their shark fins off. Why would they want to do that? Why? They want sexual enhancement. Why? Because I guess they ain't got it on their own. Why? But then they live in a culture where babies really aren't welcome, especially the females. They'll kill them. Because only the men are valued. But at the same time, the biological body wants pleasure. And when you live in certain cultures and governments, you are stifled, you're controlled, and your only outlet is deviance, evil, wicked things, to make yourself feel alive. And that's okay, because you ain't interfering with the government and the rules. Nasty business out here. But this episode of Mental Health and the Forever Person, I think this is what, episode three, talks about the soul, the hidden man. It's just an introduction. Enjoy. I'll leave the board up. And uh, maybe I'll get to another one here. God bless all of you. Thank you all for coming. Don't get mad at me. You guys hang around. I'll try to do one more, okay? And get another episode up. Go take a break. Go potty. Well, do something. Get, just stand up. Walk around. All right. Love you guys. I'll see you in a few minutes. Thank you.